Now back to the Sunday show with LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOI. And we are back for our second segment. We want we just wrapped up and we want to make sure that we say thank you, thank you, thank you to Miss Ray Jones of the Texarkana Metropolitan Planning Organization as it relates to the current survey that is out circulating uh, regarding our state line corridor and beyond. So please, again, make sure that you do go out. Um, it is about our voice, our choice and those things that make uh, everything come together regarding tra- uh, transportation. At this time, we have with us as a second review, uh, Dr. Newman, um, part two with the science of COVID. As we remember, he is very instrumental in the development or the naming of uh, COVID-19. Um, and we want to invite him this morning to come in and kind of help us uh, continue to uh, bridge the gaps in the known and the unknown and also to kind of help define a little bit more of what this variant is and all things COVID. Good morning, Dr. Newman. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. How yes, can I help? Sir. Yes, sir. So how is everything at the flagship in College Station? Oh, going really well, actually. Um, let's see, we've got a big new COVID lab opening up. We've got a lot of mm. work going on, uh, some grant money in to actually do the work. Uh, yeah, well poised to actually uh, get something done. Awesome. So um, those that are not aware, um, I like to say it this way. We had Dr. Newman here in the Texarkana area. He was uh, with us at the A&M Texarkana location, um, working there in uh, the labs and teaching class, right? Working right alongside students. He has recently. uh, Yes. um, And we like to say that we still have him. Um, and he has relocated to uh, College Station, Texas, to work there at the main uh, location or branch of the A&M system, um, Texas A&M uh, College Station. Um, uh, very grateful to have him on the phone today. Yeah, yeah. So we talked. The naming stuff all happened when I was at Texarkana. Yes, yeah, so I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. That be written on the books. Because we want Texarkana Global. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> when somebody gets around to writing a book, yeah, maybe. <laughs> mm, interesting. So, you know, let's do a review. Um, we're, we know COVID is here and in, in, in well, right? Um, so now we've got, um, I don't know, a second tier or a second, second stage of it, a variant. Can we do a little bit of uh, probing on what exactly is a variant in your perspective? Yeah, yeah. So this is this is one of those weird things that we don't usually use the term variant in um, the actual science of, of viruses, virology. Uh, we would use the term species, mm-hmm. but in this case, species doesn't really cut it. Because, you know, you can tell a cat from a dog. That's really easy. But the original SARS coronavirus and the new one are actually the same species. They're close enough by virus standards, which are really weird compared to the standards we use for anything else. Um, Variants are, well, they're kind of like families. They're a way to divide up the family tree of viruses that seemed useful at the time. Uh, That's about all you can say about it. And so each variant is actually kind of like a medium-sized limb on the tree. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to have little branches and leaves at the end and all kinds of 
different viruses that are part of what we would call a variant. So it's not one thing, it's like a cloud of related things. And you would say, well, how well is this branch of the family doing compared to that branch of the family? That's uh, basically what we're looking at. And Delta is doing just fine. Delta. And when you say it's doing just fine, can you tell us what that means? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's it's doing terribly if you're (laughs) looking at this from a human perspective, which, yeah, is the right way to do it. Um, Worldwide, if you only look at samples from July, Delta is 90% of what people are seeing out there. In the U.S., I think it's only 80%. We're a weird little... um, sort of self-contained area, and we still have, we, we kind of hold on to the old strains long after they get pushed out in other uh, places they may be a little bit better connected to the world. Um, and that's probably a good thing, but Delta is taking over. So there's been this succession. There's been kind of one branch of the tree taking over after another. And if we went back three months, it was around you know 70% Alpha, which is the old UK variant uh, around this part of the country. And that has uh, just been absolutely pushed out. Uh, we haven't seen an alpha case in a couple months uh, here. It is all Delta coming in from the College Station campus and from what I understand from Bowie County as well. Interesting. Yes. So that that's also what we want to to know. What's going on in Bowie County uh, regarding COVID? So when we hear that the numbers are sky, numbers are increasing, um, you know, the concern of it is what do we do? Uh, how do we act? Make it make sense. So we've defined the variant. How does it move uh, in combination with us uh, as human species? the protection piece. Yeah, the variants move a lot faster than people do. Apparently. Because one (laughs) variant will get into an area. Oh, for sure. I mean, (laughs) how far have you gone? Have you been to India lately? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me either. (laughs) Right. And yeah, yeah, that particular variant's all around us. And even that variant starts out with some mutations. So there was one of the two mutations that we think gives it its little extra kick was really common across Texas and Mexico. The other mutation was really common in uh, California. And somehow these two things got put together, I think, on a different version of the virus. So a different version picked up both mutations (laughs) from these other two strains which I think is all just saying that there are only so many ways a virus can get better. And so each of these little family branches, they're doing their own little Game of Thrones thing, and they're each trying to uh, vie for supremacy. And there are only so many routes that are open. Uh, They can make certain changes, and that gives them a little advantage over um, the immune system. So it's like the Game of Thrones. No? There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And these things, yeah, it's fast. Boy, is it fast. Yeah. So when we talk about mutations uh, and uh, what it's resistant against, what what are your thoughts with that? Yeah. So there's the thing with viruses. A tiny, slight advantage makes a world of difference. So with the Delta variant, you've got something that has a little tweak that makes it possibly a little bit resistant to, I don't know, uh, maybe one or two percent of the antibodies that you might make. But that is a big enough advantage. It's kind of like Las Vegas. You know how they say they pay out 98% on the slot machines? And yet, <laughs> if you go there, <laughs> you're going to lose all your money. Yeah. 
because over time that two percent adds up uh, until uh, yeah <laughs> enjoy the buffet that's uh, going to be the best part so when we're talking Lysol, we're talking hand sanitizer, you know, Lysol is a brand, right? Um, and so yeah, yeah. then you have sanitizer and there are tons of those brands. And we're oh, talking sure. about a virus that's resistant to some degree. What do we do? Oh, yeah. So they're not resistant to any of those things. Okay. But all the hand sanitizers and Lysols of the world are basically killing any virus that's probably not a problem. Um, so the virus is only really going to be dangerous. Like the only way you're really going to get it inside you, as far as we can tell, is uh, your nose and mouth. And the only way that happens is if this thing is still suspended in air. So they go up like little cannonballs into the air when you breathe, but they hang there. Um, the virus will be in a little droplet of water. And as the droplet evaporates, that's going to create a little updraft and it's going to help it sort of float like a balloon. Mm-hmm. And so you can have one of these little viruses just riding air currents for half an hour, something like that, which is why you can walk into a room after somebody and still get it mm-hmm. and uh, all kinds of things. Delta seems to be better at that than some of the other variants were. And we think we know a little bit of why, but honestly, there are enough mutations in Delta that we don't understand that I would say we should probably be a little bit cautious about uh, thinking we know exactly what's going on with this one. It's got some tweaks and it's definitely better, but it's hard to say exactly why. And with it being science, as we're learning more and more, you know, we learned this in grade school and we're being reminded now science is science. Science is ever changing. Science (laughs) is ever evolving, which makes your job very interesting, right? Um, so the kids are getting ready yeah, to go yeah. back to school and the, the weather is changing. We've got global warming going on too, right? Um, how For do sure. we ward against or, you know, and, and again, this thing is changing and the more we better understand that uh, even something that was uh, stated that we must do um, months ago, it may change. So we've got kids that have got to go back to school. And the little people, you know, in in everyday talk, we say they carry a higher uh, prevalence of germs. They just naturally do because they're Mm -hmm. kiddos. How kid? Let's talk kids and variant. What can you tell us about that? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Kids definitely do get uh, COVID. Uh, They don't. All, they they don't suffer severe consequences quite as often, but they get it and they spread it. So the kid is like the little you know open back door that lets the virus into your household. And once it comes in there, it can spread through the rest of the family very easily. Kids are also much less likely to be tested and much less likely to report themselves as being sick. So it's one of these things where it seems like it's not happening, but in any case where somebody's been really careful and had a very close look, it's definitely happening. Um, And this is kind of a weakness in our position right now because kids aren't uh, eligible for the vaccines. Now they've done a lot of testing and from what I've seen of the tests, they look really good. Uh, the side effects are lower in kids, and the um, amount of antibodies they make is roughly equivalent to what you see in adults. So it looks like they work. It's just that the process of getting these things approved is a little bit slow and careful, and I guess that's not a bad thing. But um, I would hope to see some movement there soon. So let's let's kind of bridge some gaps. 
because in mm-hmm. my head, I'm, I'm seeing you in your lab, right? So sure. um, <laughs> they send a swab or whatnot to you, or t- you all have access to mm-hmm. yeah. those. Yeah. So they come in, um, and you kind of play a- around with them. What does what does an everyday uh, day in the office or the lab look for you now? Is it any different than it was for you uh, COVID initially to now we've got a, a variant that we're trying to figure out? Yeah, so you rewind the <laughs> clock um, back to, oh, I don't know, February or something. They were doing mandatory on-campus testing, and you've got 60-some thousand students at A&M, and you've got all those faculty and all those staff, like anybody who works there was eligible. So we were doing 20,000 swabs in a week, or uh, we, we do saliva samples. I think it's less okay. annoying to give a saliva sample, and it still works really well. Um, at the moment, they're coming in in little blobs of, I don't know, 15 or 20 a day um, at the most. And so the equipment's there. Um, there are a couple people that will plow through those things uh, first thing in the morning. And then, yeah, you just find all the positive cases. So we've got um, permission to sequence all the positive cases. And you store them up and you purify them and then eventually send them off. And I guess the problem there is it takes about three weeks at the best of time and usually more like five weeks to figure out what variant a person had. And by that point, they're either over it or they're probably deceased. There's um, not really a good way to make variant testing useful at this point in time. It's just a little slower than it needs to be. But uh, yeah, that's a day going through those things, and um, uh, we're going to be isolating virus from some of these samples soon so that we can kind of get a better picture of what these virus variants are. Because even the Delta we pull out on campus has some mutations that you don't see in Delta from other parts of Texas or other parts of the world. And so it's really a Delta plus an extra little layer of the unknown. And that's the idea. You try to peel these things back and figure out, all right, which one's better at getting into cells, which one's better at doing the various things a virus needs to do. And then at the end of it, I guess you say, well, can we use any of this to make something better or to make uh, an informed decision for uh, somebody at the state health level? Right, right. So are there any notes taken if I have... uh pre-existing conditions in combination with COVID um, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about, mm-hmm. well, that person already had X, Y, Z. So right. there's no surprise they got, co- you know, COVID. And, and so to dispel yeah. the, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. The biases of that you, because COVID is not right. <laughs> right. And, and being having diabetes or something does not mean that you're going to get COVID. It just means that if you get COVID, things will go a little bit worse on average. But in any individual case, there's so much variation that, uh, yeah, it's not really useful for predicting anything about yourself, which is really, you know, or for one particular person, which is what a doctor would like to do. Okay. And as we know, the vaccine is not 100%, but it does have a higher chance in prevention measures. Um, so do you get, Oh my to, goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Do you yeah, get yeah, to yeah. see Let, in your lab yeah. <laughs> an example of the vaccine fighting again? I mean, do you get any, like the news, do you get any yeah. live coverage? Yep. Where, really? What does that look like? 
we've got we've got um, uh, a little set, and they're they're waiting for sequencing right now. But uh, we've got about ten uh, cases of vaccine breakthrough, where a person was vaccinated and the virus still got through. And from what people are seeing around the world, it looks as though the viruses that are getting through are kind of a mix of the viruses that are out there. So there's not any one thing, you know, like a special vaccine-breaking mutation. There's a lot of Delta in the world, and so it's mostly Delta that's getting through, but I don't know that it's because it's Delta. I I just think that whatever strain was out there, probably that's the one that's going to do it right now. Okay. Well, right now we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our talk with Dr. Newman, the science of COVID. We'll be right back with more of the Sunday show with Lemoya Burks brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOY. I'd like to ask you a question. When was the last time you heard from your insurance agent? Have you sat down with your agent to review your policy coverage, premiums, and make necessary changes? Your life changes over time. So should your insurance. This is your local State Farm agent, Derek McGarry, and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. Hello, Arklatex. Mike Gillum here with Clear Sound Audio Video. We just received a large shipment of Sure microphones, Samsung TVs, Clips reference series speakers. Right now, you can get world-class Sure microphones starting at $50 and Clips speakers starting at $200 a pair. So stop in our showroom at the corner of Cowhorn Creek and Kennedy Lane and take advantage of these and other great deals. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? No matter your learning style or experience level, Babbel has lessons designed for you that will get you speaking quickly and confidently. I tried learning Spanish before, but I couldn't stick with it until I found Babbel. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. I can't wait to use our new language skills on our upcoming adventures. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Now back to the Sunday show with Lemoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOI. Thank you again to Derek McGarry with State Farm Insurance for sponsoring every Sunday Uh, the Sunday show Um, being sure to keep our community engaged in all things civic and political local state and national Dr. Newman are you still with us oh absolutely yes so um, we learned lots more about COVID and then uh, the Delta variant uh, we'd like to say as a subtopic to it right or brother or sister I don't know what you would like to (laughs) make it relevant to um Let's talk going an unwanted into, relative. Yeah. Yes. So let's yes, an unwanted relative. Um, the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk going into the just for a moment going into the winter months. What sure. is it looking like? Um, 
you know, is there temperature right. change in regards to uh, this now unwanted guest of Delta variant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the uh, that's one of the weird things. So there's some indication that we are throwing off the usual order of virus seasons. Or rather that, um, yeah, we're seeing peaks of things at times when they don't normally peak. So there's been this idea out there that because it's cold, you're going to get flu. You know, or right. because it's cold, you're going to get a cold. <laughs> right. And um, now it's looking more like uh, we have different seasons for these things. But it may well be that, you know, if you have flu that starts at a particular time, any virus that you get is going to cause a thing called an interferon response in your body. And that's just a, a chemical that interferes with just about any virus that's out there. So there really can only be one of these peaks of virus at a time. Um, and once that one dies down and immunity kicks in, then there's room for the next one. So it's starting to look as though it may not be the season that determines what you get. It's uh, kind of what's going around that determines what you get, if that makes any sense. Yes. And as a parent, you know, I question RSV. Like, is this really the traditional oh, yeah. time that RSV surfaces? And so I kind of... Definitely not. That's yeah. what I thought. Nail that, on the head. That's yep. kind of what I thought. And I thought, well, you know, I don't know everything, but... Um, after having two children, yeah. that is something that, you know, parents really pay attention to um, because, you know, RSV will creep up on a small one really fast. So yeah. that that answers that. Oh, and it's so hard to get out. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, we're seeing a big summer RSV peak that should not in any way be there. Yeah, this is not something that uh, we would normally expect or ever see. Interesting. So then, you mm -hmm. know, in that retrospect, we're having to define, is it just RSV or is it COVID related? Right. Um, so and so when you have a surge in children um, regarding COVID, you know, I can't imagine having to make that decision um, of is, is it COVID? Is it a cold? Is it flu? I mean, there's like a whole long list now. Right. Oh, yeah. Is about 40 things that would fall under what you or I would say, well, I feel like I've got a cold today. <laughs> wow. And yeah, without uh, laboratory tests and very specific ones for each one of those, you can't tell. There's no uh, good way to tell from symptoms. Do you think that the Delta variant, whether it's a child or an adult, it can be disguised? I, I often wonder. So when someone says, well, you know, I don't feel good, I think it's my sinuses. <laughs> Do you think that? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. There's a giant range of, um, yeah, the way that people feel with each one of these things. And we can make these big uh, sort of conclusions and say, well, it's doing a little bit less of knocking out taste buds, but still that's a very common thing. Or it's doing a little bit more of causing a so sore throat, which was already, you know, it was mm -hmm. there in mm -hmm. something like a third of cases, and now maybe it's half of cases. But really, on an individual level, yeah, the, the only way that you could know is if you take a test. And another one that surfaces here now, and it, it, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, one that is, uh, it, it's year-round, is strep. I remember I did... <laughs> Oh, I yeah. kind of looked yeah. it up and I thought, wow, you know, I, I, you know, you would sometimes you think that these things are only kind of in the fall and, and winter. Strep is one, whether it's March or, or June or, or December, right? Um, you can be a carrier yep. strep. And so <laughs> there you have strep in combination with 
COVID and its unwanted relative, as you named it, uh, the Delta variant, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I tell you, anytime I am teaching face-to-face uh, students in a lab, yeah, I, I, we, we used to have these things called blood plates, where you have a little bit of horse blood floating around in the agarose. And if you cough on those, that tells you if you have um, one of the mild streps or there's really bad kinds of strep. And it, at, at, on command, <laughs> if oh, I am wow. teaching, I can cough out the uh, the really bad. It's called beta hemolytic uh, <laughs> strep. <laughs> oh, wow. So vaccines are effective. Um, so we encourage... Yes. Not vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, yes. There are third world countries that have a whole lot more vaccination going on. And it's not the lack of uh, availability uh, in Bowie County. It is a, you know, it's a kind of a social thing or maybe even a political thing. It's hard to separate those two, I'd say. So when I last looked earlier this week, uh, I know, I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, I saw about 28% vaccinated in the yeah. Texarkana area. 28% of people who can be vaccinated, which doesn't include anybody who's under 12. So add in the under 12s in the area because we've got a decently young population. And, uh, yeah, you're probably closer to 20% vaccinated. And that is not enough. No. So the vaccine works in two levels. So there's the personal benefit, which gives you something like a 90% chance of avoiding even catching the virus. But the more important way the vaccine works is is kind of harder to get your head around, I think. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's basically through masks. What the vaccine does at a population level is it changes one of the numbers that describes how viruses grow and how they spread. And if you can ratchet down this number one little step at a time just far enough, then the virus will die out on its own without any further action from you. And that's the point at which there is uh, herd immunity. That's, that's the kind of thing that we're working toward. And that only works if you can get really good saturation of the vaccine at the population level. If you just got a person here and a person there, you know, they'll be pretty well protected at least for a while. And you can say, wow, good for you. But it means that the problem doesn't go away. It means that COVID is still around and we're still talking about this thing in a year or two years, even though we're the country that came up with the best versions of the vaccine and had the earliest trials and had the best availability Mm. of anywhere in the world. We are starving in a land of plenty. And that's just the weirdest thing. So get vaccinated coming from the scientist, Dr. Newman. (laughs) It's our only way out. (laughs) We thank you. Um, You know, you weren't able to come into the studio, but the wealth of information that you continue to give us, we are forever grateful for understanding the science of COVID. Um, And it's good. We have our, our local health leaders that are helping us to understand and guide us through uh, such a time. And it's, I think that it's very imperative that we also pull in the science piece of COVID. How does it work and all of your laboratory uh, findings. So we thank you again uh, for being with us this morning. And uh, it's kind of bittersweet because I don't want to say that we'll be for part three. Uh, it's kind of like a trilogy that you don't want to see coming. Um, but uh, I, I, when I say I look forward to talking or to seeing you again, hopefully on better grounds, <laughs> you know, something that that's you not know, COVID I, related. That's how I feel about Star Wars movies at the moment. Yes. And uh, I understand. 
Yes. Well, I hope thank we're you. not talking about this, but we may be. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you. Yes, thank you, and we'll talk with you again. That's it for this edition of the Sunday Show. We hope you enjoyed uh, our panel that we provided for you in both segments. Um, now, on behalf of myself and all of the great and wonderful people here at Texarkana Radio, thank you for being our listeners and for being kind enough to tune into the Sunday Show. Remember, you are listening to KTOI Radio 104.7, the station that cares about the quality of your life, the soul of the city. In case you want to hear this show again, it will be rebroadcast at 6 o'clock p.m. this evening on our sister station, KTOI Gospel 105.9 FM, and podcasts of previous shows are available online at www.ktoy1047.com. If you would like to appear on the Sunday show, please, please, please contact me at 903-244-3997. Please keep in mind that we prefer to schedule guests a month in advance. Again, you can call me at 903-244-3997 for your desired dates. We love you and thank you again for tuning in. We hope you have a fabulous, safe week and we'll see you again on Sunday. The Sunday Show on 104.7 has been brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry, here to help life go right. The Sunday Show with LaMoya Burks. We'll be back next Sunday morning from 9 to 10. If you have any questions about the show or would like to be a guest, call LaMoya Burks, 903-244-3997.